We're not sure how this is going to play out in the books or... Oh, I do. It's not. Hey everybody, this is Vassals of King's Grey's visceral reaction podcast to Season 8, Episode 3 of Game of Thrones, aka Honkies Be Dying. My name's Bina007, and this is Rebel Scumcast. For not, you'll still get your Wolfcast, Drancast, and Krakencast as normal, but we wanted to give you our initial reactions to this epic episode. Joining me tonight, we have Adam. Uh, this is Adam Drowns now, and there will be no Dragon Cast. This is the Blackfire Cast. <laughs> and we have Brett. Hey, Wade Raven. Katie. This is Katie Lady Griffin on the forums. Matt. Varley on the forums. And Mikal. Hi, this is Mikal Inc. as Rain on the forum. I was actually thinking we could call this Chimera Cast because we're all being smushed one. together. Aww. Um, but there's no Star You're Wars right reference to, to that. Yeah. That is true. I mean,. I mean, when in doubt, choose Star Wars, obviously. Of course. So, let <laughs> us very clearly state that there are going to be spoilers for all things Game of Thrones, The Song of Ice and Fire, and as far as that is still remotely relevant in Season 8 of this show. We are going to go with our lemon cake ratings now out of five. Mikal, how many lemon cakes? Ah, uh, ooh, uh, two and a half. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel bad because I, I, I watched all the stuff about how hard they worked on the episode and like, I'm sure that it was like an unreal experience and they all put sweat, blood and tears into this. So I don't want to just be like, oh, that episode was so good. It's not them. It's me. I'm not a battle person. <laughs> no, and them. I don't, you know. And you didn't like hard home. Oh, I, so. <laughs> I didn't like Artem. But then again, no. I didn't. Mm, thanks for the reminder. Like, I mean, at that point in season five, like, you would have had to have God awesome come down battle. from the heavens and save Sansa with his or her own hand and lift her and take her somewhere for me to actually enjoy something going on in that season. But I guess I guess it proves the rule that, yes, I just don't like battles. Okay. Uh, volley. Uh, I wanted so much to give this like a 5.0, but uh, I'll give it a 4.0. It was so dark, I did not know what the fuck was going on half the time. I was looking at these white guys' faces to see if they were any of the main characters, because they're mostly white. Like, Grey Worm might be dead, I don't know. It was so dark, I couldn't tell, and that's why I was like, yeah, the honkies be dying this entire episode. But not as many as I thought, which is one of my issues. The, an entire Kalasar went out in like... For I don't think the Kalasar is technically honkies, though. I guess the entire Northmen went out after that. With the... You know, no, they retreated yeah, while I the Unsullied died. <laughs> I have problems with this episode. And the majority of it was I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on during most of it. Like, what dragon was which, and who was driving what, and like why they kept on going up into the clouds, which was a wicked cool scene at first. And then like they got ambushed <laughs> right. by a dragon, and I didn't understand what the fuck happened. And, of course, Ghost. God rest his soul, wherever he may be. You just got uh, very Saudi then. Uh, Katie, he just lemon... kept fucking running. <laughs> He's like, fuck this. Katie, uh, lemon cake rating? 
Uh, five. Solid five. <gasps> awesome. I love it when we're going to have a real Kate. disagreement here. This is awesome. Tell us yeah. more. Uh, you know, if Game of Thrones was a different show at this point, I might have felt like the anticlimax was awful. But in this case, this entire episode, I felt nauseous. I felt hopeless. I felt dread on a level that I didn't think the show mm. could do for me anymore. And the fact that we had this massive catharsis, like I laughed at the end because it was just such a like woof of relief. If I was still watching the show for like credible dialogue and like actual, uh, you know, real stakes, then I probably would have been disappointed. But in this case, like, it was such a like fun roller coaster with like such a like high of an ending. And I think like I do kind of agree that the uh, it, it, there was a certain point where I was like, okay, turn off the snow machine, turn off the, the particle effects, because it was difficult to, to see in some scenes. But other than that, like, I thought the first like twenty five minutes was just so incredible of like building up just this unbearable tension um for the most part it sustained it for me the entire way so yeah like i have no complaints i thought this was a load of fun so a fun roller coaster to you makes you nauseous yeah pretty much all right white raven ratings i'll give it like a three and a half like i I think a lot of the the filmography is supposed to be that way so we don't really know what's going on and it's chaotic but that doesn't make it any more fun to watch it was all right (laughs) (laughs) adam rating um oh geez uh so this is like we just watched it it just happened so i will reserve the right to change this later but i feel like uh like a three and a half i mean i'm kind of with katie because i really think that this was an above average episode it was great but i wanted a five like i wanted to love it the whole way through and like i got to take off right away because i couldn't see what was going on in parts where i really should have been able to see what was going on and also mainly because the battle opens up by sacrificing the entire kalasar and most of the unsullied which is obviously just setting up so that danny has to rely on friendship to you know win the rest of the season (laughs) so like they could have done that in a less obvious fuck you way to those armies like they could have you know we could have still had the battle at the end where like most of her forces were gone oops and like they didn't just charge off to their death to be fair there's other stuff we'll get into but behind a wall yeah but yeah 3.5 i mean it's it's a good episode i don't know what it means for the rest of the season though i don't really like what it means for the rest of the season okay well i give it uh probably two and a half i I think i give it one for alfie allen's final scene i think he's like the most underrated of the actors in this show and i give it one for that cute sansatorian moment of recognition with that dialogue which was kind of nice and maybe an extra half point for liana and mel's death which was nice but it didn't do it for me. I, I have spent like way more hours than I care to mention playing night battles in Empire Total War. And this was just like a shit version of that that I wasn't controlling. <laughs> and I have like a really good new TV. It's like a 4K TV. And I had to mess with all the picture settings to see what was going on. So I get the Cinema Veritas yes. thing and try to make it documentarian and real. But the, you can overdo it. Godfather Part There's 2. There's an ice dragon. Yeah. Well, no. I was on I was on shit settings. And then when it got to stuff that actually looked good... I was like rushing to change back so that like it actually looked okay, uh, and I was yeah. doing that back and forth the whole time. Exactly, which is it's, not it's something just I should have to do. I did like I the tech school, the techno school. school. Sorry. No, no, I was just I I, I watch with I watch everything with the lights on because I don't like that experience unless I'm in a movie theater and I like five minutes in I was like, well, if I'm gonna see anything, I have to turn off the lights. And uh, yeah, it was dark. And <laughs> <laughs> full of terrors. But I love it because we do have a full range of ratings. So this is going to make for a really interesting discussion. (laughs) 
Okay, so before we get into the way the battle went down, and we're going to do it broadly speaking in the beats of the battle, which if anyone's watched uh, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, you'll know exactly how this battle goes down because it rips it off note for note. But before we get to that, <laughs> we ran a poll on the podcast device and fire forums where you can find us on who people thought were going to die. First equal were Ed, Beric and Theon, so we got those right. Fourth equal was Jorah, Grey Worm and Gendry, so only Jorah died from that. Seventh equal was Podrick. Do we know Grey Worm is alive? Yeah, I feel like we would have seen him dead if he were dead. I'm pretty well, sure he's alive. I thought I, I did. I'm pretty at one sure point. I saw a black face under a helmet die, and then his eyes woke up blue. So I don't know what what really happened. That was another one of them. So he may or may not be dead. And then Brienne survived, Jamie survived, Bran survived, Shireen 2.0 survived. That was kind of all kind of disappointing to me. And then uh, Liana died. I guess we should have guessed that. Zombie 1-1 died. Uh, John Strack instead? But you can see Rhaegal in the preview. So. Oh, he's not dead. Okay. Oh, you saw both of them? Okay. The ice dragon was breathing ice dragon breath through like sides of his neck. He looked like a broken like... Well, that's because Danny's dragon like bit into him. I don't know. Yeah. And then the Night's King is dead, thanks to Arya. For sure. <laughs> all those other all, others that all didn't the matter. Others. Yeah. Other <laughs> number five. Melisandre's dead, which we didn't guess in our poll, which kind of surprised me, but anyway. But um, she kind of, is she dead or did she die? She wasn't killed. She sort of <laughs> she commits suicide, doesn't she? <laughs> she sort of takes off her necklace of youth and presumably just wanders off and ages very she, rapidly. She Skywalker, like, forced herself out of being. She sort of did, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take it as, like, she expended so much energy that, like, oh, you know, she's now dead. But, like, all she did was light some shit on fire. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she also, she also gave re- Arya the inner strength to kill the Night King. <laughs> she was like, hey, go kill someone. <laughs> she resurrected Jon Snow. That was a big thing. Facetious cast. Um, Jon Snow and Danny really didn't do much, did they? <laughs> was it necessary to resurrect Jon Snow? I haven't seen him do anything. <laughs> So let's get into the episode. So we start off with this very creepy, beautifully atmospheric pre-battle formations where the different flanks of the troops and the different formations are put into place. We get, I think what they're attempting to do is a kind of flashy single take-ish shot, which focuses on the main characters and dragons. Um, This is where I started adjusting my TV, so that annoyed me. And then there's a bit of nice comedy humor to break the tension where Ed gets the first line, oh, for fuck's sake, you took your time to Sam. Um, And then we see uh, Melisandre turn up, but without Knights of Law, which is a bit of a shame. And she makes all the Dothraki swords flame for the win, but it's not for the win. Uh, We then learn. And then she's like, Vala Mogulis, and they all go and go off. And Davos still gives her the side eye, but she claims she's going to be dead before dawn, which is indeed true. So what did you all think of this pre-battle sequence? Very atmospheric and tense. I think she only lit up the RX because that way we could see him go out in a very cinematic fashion. Yeah, I think it was just so that you could track the battle from Danny and John's vantage point. It seemed like as soon as they got to the whites, the fire just went out and they all got eaten. Well, which is what happened. I actually awful. thought there was ice spiders. I thought right away, I thought I saw an ice spider. I was like, oh shit, they're going to do it. And then they didn't. I got Dude. really disappointed. Let them do a little more damage before they die. Like that was just pathetic. I feel like uh, Nadia would be better with the battle tactics, but why didn't they just like unleash the trebuchets to light up the ground so the people that are charging could see what they're charging into or what was coming at them? So they're just, just not like charging. Position. 
That was my first initial thing from days of playing Empire Total War, is the first thing you do before you launch your infantry is mortar shell the opposition. Right. And you get to know their range, so like you can keep on doing that without hitting your own people, and they're just like, oh no, we'll charge. And, you know, if they're like 30 feet in front of us, that's fine, because Melisandre was able to come up to us on a horse, you know, unchallenged. Did each of those trebuchets fire like once and that was it? Well, of course uh, they could only fire once because by that point the infantry is already charging and you don't want to kill your own men. But it was well, it was right, right. Well, they're cavalry, not infantry. Yeah, but cavalry. Yeah. But they could have they could have <laughs> you know fired initially, kind of waiting for them to come to them. Yeah, disrupt the opposition but, lines. So but, I guess I, I, I just don't care that much. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I think the thing is like I'm the opposite of Mikal. Like I am the battle person, and I think. I've been waiting basically all show run to get this epic final battle and I just want it to it to be better and more. I'm sorry. I thought no, I, mean, I I understand it because it's like why don't they light out the outer perimeter so they can see the incoming charge so they can react to it. I don't understand how what perimeter? The, the forest? Battle. The horizon? <laughs> the forest. <laughs> Maybe. That's what you're saying. Pitch I mean, the like, they're fa- like, their perimeter is the forest, like, a mile out? But you do, it, you do it not to light up anything. You do it to disrupt the front line of the opposing troops. Um, but anyway. Sure, but they're filming this to be cinematic and also probably <laughs> with severe limitations of logistics but i did think it was there was some really intense foreshadowing when they charged into the dead that they could not see and there's suddenly you see one dothraki guy you see his face and there's a moment of shock because something is there that he did not expect to be there and it's way bigger than he thought it would be and you're like what the fuck was that and i thought it was going to be a mammoth but then like a few seconds later you're like oh no it's literally just a tsunami wave of dead bodies that are going to (laughs) rush over everybody which like genuinely like I thought was actually really, really cool. And also just like, oh, fuck, like, this is going to be a route. Like, there's no way to win this. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Is there any particular reason route. why uh, the commanders, aka the Targ royalty, are just safely out of the way like a bunch of pussies as opposed to flame-torching the army of the undead before the Dothraki ride against them? Oh, you mean John and Danny? Yeah. That was the, the plan was supposed to be wait for the dragon to show up and then attack the dragon. And Danny immediately is like, well, uh, you know, I'm just going to go out there. Uh, the whole battle was a stall tattoo. They didn't actually expect to win a fair fight. They just wanted to kill that one guy. Gosh. I mean, like, you know, the poor Dothraki, that it comes to this. It was very effective uh, cinematically, though. And I mean, I feel like I was just saying this about Endgame that, like, no spoilers for Endgame, obviously. But, like, you can't you can't pin the success or failure of something like this on its technicalities a lot of the time. I feel like it's a little fair to expect something like that from Game of Thrones because they lean into their own battle stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't know. To say, that, I can't like, judge an entire battle episode on whether the battle makes sense, because that just seems like maybe because <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the battle. Because, no, you know, I, when I look at Lord of the Rings, the two towers, that battle makes sense. Actually, even Helm's does make sense. Yeah, they do. I don't know. Not all of 
us have played Rome Total War. <laughs> well, Empire. They stay behind their big-ass wall. <laughs> yeah, until their big-ass wall gets blown up, and then they have to figure it out. But I agree, Michael. We should agree to disagree. Like, it, this is going to matter more or less to different people, and that's okay. No, but I think I think the, the main point is that, for me overall, like, it, it's not backed up. Like, it doesn't have as much, and this is, I think, where I'll, where I'll disagree with Katie, I don't think it has as much emotional impact to make up for that you know like helms deep and pelinor fields and all that like you know like the stakes are extremely high and the emotions are extremely high so like me just being like oh there's an elephant over there and arrows you know it's like see what's going on exactly but like it it doesn't matter because it has the same emotional impact um but i didn't really feel that with this it could also just be that i was so emotionally strung out that I checked out, but I I don't know. I, I feel like you you have to have at least one or the other, and this one kind of didn't have either. I think that, yeah, fair. Okay, so we uh, we kill off the Dothraki, and uh, we then move to the infantry line and aerial counterattack. So you get the cool uh, Sansa Arya a moment where Arya arms up her sister and says, stick him with a pointy end. Sends her to the crypts. Super safe crypts. Dolores said, save Sam, and then he gets it. So he is... He's the first one. He's the first to die. I'm just confused. I put a second to die, but he is the first to die. How did you all feel about the infantry line and Ed dying? I can't see who is fighting who. I didn't know what was happening. Really, you didn't? You couldn't see Ed dying. That's awful. Oh, I saw Ed dying after he got like stuck in the back of the head, but I didn't know how. You know, the Knights of the Vale were fighting. I, di- I didn't know how the dead were advancing, I guess, against mm-hmm. our flanks, because the Knights of the Vale were fighting bef- well before the Brothers of the Night's Watch and the Wildlings were, and True. I just didn't understand. That's a good point, I, I, actually. Are they all dead? Are the Knights of the Vale out of the picture now? Like, this matters, I guess, for the post-episode Balance of Power. I don't think there's much of an army left, honestly. Yeah. It's a good of thing any. they still got dragons. Yeah. But how did we feel about the death of Ed? Were any of you moved by it, underwhelmed by it? What were the reactions? I was pissed because Sam, Sam ran away after it, after, you know, Ed's like, get up, Sam, like, we have to fight. And he's like, Mer. and then Ed gets killed and then resurrected. That really hurt. I really actually like the fact that Sam turned out a little bit to be a coward. I thought, good, they don't have to make everyone an unrealistic hero. Some people are just going to be scared and run around. And like that's the okay. Hound. Yeah, that's oh, okay. The Hound was the worst. First, first dialogue in the episode. First to die. Makes sense. Okay, so then we move to the infantry, going from infantry line to infantry retreat, with the Unsullied defending the retreating troops, and Arya saving the hound by shooting arrows at his attackers, which is kind of like a cute moment. Um, Any comments on this? Good lord, are we already on this? I feel like 20 minutes of the episode we just talked about. (laughs) Yeah, but not much happens, right? That that build-up is just gloom for 20 minutes, increasing dread, so... I like that they made the Unsullied very steadfast and they weren't scared. I don't yeah. know why they didn't form a shield wall. Yes. Like they should have. Oh my god. And why taken Testudo? On. So I thought they should have formed like a shield wall and they did not. They were like very regimented and they were able to be broken through very easily. Okay, then Arya saves the hat, which is a little cute moment. And then we get to the defense of the gate, <laughs> trying to light the trench. Light the trench! Davos waving around art fire. 
And then you get this little Metalisandra moment. I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me. And then she uh, <laughs> lights the trench. And then the dead smother the fire and make a bridge head to get through anyway. So um, thoughts on this part of the uh, episode? <laughs> it happened. It, yeah. I mean, the solution seems kind of obvious, but yeah, I don't know. I liked the, the dead's way of getting around it <laughs> or over it, you might say. Yeah. It was very cool. Like, I had just, not predicted that at all. Yeah. Let's keep testing and see. Okay, I can like walk over my own people. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's the first shot we get of the Night King right after that, right? Yes, which was when he like cool. in the clouds, sets his battle plan right? in motion. That's when um, Bran sees him. I want to know what Bran was doing the whole time when yeah, he's like, he gotta go into, into the, the Ravens. For a second, we... I thought maybe he was actually like the whole theory that he is the Night's King kind of yes, thing. Yes, yes. So I was like, uh, really? Are they gonna do this? <laughs> I'm glad it didn't turn out that way, but. Hmm. And then we get the uh, whole man the walls kind of into the Night King bit. This is basically re- Return of the King, I think, the battle sequencing. Brienne and Jamie fighting together, which gave me all the feels. And then Jedi Arya, which I thought was really cool. You know, when she's fighting with her new weapon, it just reminded me very much of like a Rogue One um, kind of Jedi type battle. And then oh, I thought it was, was more awesome Darth Maul. Yeah, exactly. And then Lyanna killed by Zombie One. Is it One One that giant? Was it Zombie One One, or did I make that up? I it's hope a giant. Yeah. And then, you know, Liana is the second to die, which... Do you guys feel that's fan service? <laughs> but, I mean, I loved it, so I'm all there for it. But, um, yeah. I thought something when I just... When the episode from last week was playing before, and it was like, you're the last of the house, you have to do... And I was like, oh, the Mormons are done. So I was wrong because I thought she would be safe because of that. I, I liked it. I thought it was, it was, you know, in that way, it wasn't what I was expecting. It was really kind of gross the way you could hear her insides cracking in the giant's hand. That um, was some awesome was, audio sound effects. There. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I feel like there, there was a lot of uh, meat that was torn apart in service in this episode. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it, it's hard to say like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. This little girl died. But, you know, I think they that's gave her probably a how she would have wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. And then she came back. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, kind of. <laughs> okay. And then we go through the castle to the crypt. Basically, the kids in the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, where Arya is. I don't know if anyone remembers that original Jurassic Park where Arya is hiding from the undead. And then zombie Liana, I guess, is killed. We get Beric in the hand creeping around like Ren and Stimpy to save Arya. Beric has an awesome death. It's like St. Sebastian. Um, and then Mel is getting all fatalist. She tells Arya she's called many people with brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes. What do we say to the god of death? Wink, wink. I love it. It's so good. Uh, death of Beric, guys. Any feels? Or was he just a character who was mistreated, so we just didn't feel anything? Long overdue? <laughs> yeah, he died in the book, so... I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was... It was nice to see the combination of emotions there. Like, they kind of kept ping-ponging between Arya and the Hound and he saved her and her, she saved him and she was brave brave and inspired him and then he came and saved her just when she was about to like totally lose it um, and I think Beric was an interesting kind of calm counterpoint to that 
I was surprised he lasted as long as he did. I really actually thought he was going to be one of like the first casualties in the yard. So it was um, true. Yeah, it was very visually striking. Also, you're right, Bean. I'm I'm assuming San Sebastian means people get stabbed from behind. I don't know. Well, he got <laughs> but... pricked by arrows. Like there, he was like shot with lots and lots of arrows. But there's a way in which oh. Beric sort of like is on his knees, but upright with his hands outstretched, and lots of weapons going into him that just gave me. Oh, I thought that was vibe. Jesus more. Yeah. Like... Either way, very very kind of heroic death, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so then Melisandre says that he's he's achieved his purpose. Of I guess saving Arya, who I mean, yeah. she she was like the badass cold killer coming into this, which I mean, obviously she's still just a you know a girl basically. I like um, that she got shook. I I do I do I think that worked. So uh, and it maybe that's like the why they played we... up her like emotionless aspect. How did Beric really die? Like he died while he was doing like his Jesus cross thing, and then somehow they rescued him to pull him into that. You know, great right. hall room. He, he somehow and managed to get down the hall on his own power. I, I don't under... Like, this is a part of this entire episode where the lighting completely confused me because all of a sudden like you're seeing things like the last thing i saw was barrick basically doing his jesus pose on the cross while getting stabbed and then all of a sudden they're in a great room and the hound is like barring the doors against them like i don't what happened in between those times no, maybe Barrett can take a lot of punishment because he's already been dead seven times. Yeah, that's fair. Was was anyone else like really upset when they got into that room and there was like just bodies everywhere and you were like, "This is not a safe place." They're like barricading <laughs> it, like they like, "Woo, we made it." I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> the only reason why I was sad to see Barrett die is because he's the only one I could pick out of the crowd when they were all fighting. Yeah, one eyed patch. Well, it was the sword. Yeah. It was the flaming sword. <laughs> The more uh, I think you about it, them solving the like Dothraki problem this way just still is is really bad. Hmm. Oh, we just got the uh, confirmed problem? episode title. It's called The Long Night, which I guess makes sense. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's a nice title. I really, I love the death of Beric. I think he's a character who's been underserved, but I thought it was a really beautiful ending for him. And I love the way he was trying to like get the hound, knew the hound psychology, you know, pointed him to Arya to get him to get going. And yeah, very much liked it. Um, I did. I did think they were setting up, you know, having him be in the room. I'm like anywhere there's a corpse, you know, once the the Night King comes around, that's going to go really badly. Um, but they didn't end up, I mean, maybe that wound up on like the cutting room floor or something, him reviving. But um, I definitely thought that, that was what they were leading up to, like ha- bothering to have him stagger down the hall and Ferrari to prop him up and be in there. Yeah, good point, actually. Same. Maybe he can't be revived because he's already been revived by the Lord of Light. Could be. His body's an unfit vessel. Oh, yes. Mm. So we then go to aerial dragon battles, which are kind of, I thought they, these were cool, actually. I've written here, it was so weird, like me editing the show notes. John's dragon's dead. Ice dragon is dead. Oh no, ice dragon isn't dead. So I clearly, I'm not very good at telling the dragons apart or even seeing the dragon riders on them. So that's my bad. And I was like, oh dear, dragon fire can't kill the Night's King. <laughs> the undead then arise. We get zombie Liana, zombie Ed. Um, dragon fire can at least kill whites. And then we get Danny unhorsed. So Jorah to the rescue. Then he dies defending us. So sad. Was it sad? I, thought, I don't know. This of the main characters was the death I was le- least moved by, which kind of surprised me. I really thought I was going to be sad at the death of Sajora. 
I mean, I hate him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't buy into his redemption last week, Mikhail? No, no, I, I sort of do. I just, like, I think that him going off and dying of grayscale was more than sufficient. And I felt that that was a really <laughs> annoying way of solving that problem. Oh, just scrape it up. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but I do, I mean, it, it was emotional. Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely was emotional <laughs> at the end. And I, I did like how he was clearly trying to stay alive because he was like, if I die, I'm going to turn right around and kill her. And I do not want to do that. Yes. And I was like, like, you could right. see the desperation. Yeah. You know, I don't think it works her. like that. Like, he has to consciously raise the dead. They don't just come back alive. So That's what he has to raise like, his hands but... again. Yeah, he's going to lift his palms. <laughs> Which was probably my favorite part of the episode, when he brings all the dead people back to life. And I'm like, you can't beat him. <laughs> he just needed to give John the middle finger when he did that. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> it, it, is it bad that, like, I didn't really feel a lot of emotion in this scene until, like, Drogon lands and kind of, like, gives her, like, the wing hug. And I was like, oh. Like, yeah, where the fuck were you, like, Drogon? Well, you know, he was he was trying to shake off, you know. He could have made a ring of fire board. around them. He made it rain whites. Like, it was raining whites for, like, ten minutes in this episode. <laughs> like, Oh, dear. No, I mean, I, I really bought into the Jorah's um, heartfelt scene last episode. So I just felt Jorah's death would affect me more and it didn't, which was surprising. But, you know, a good well, end for a good character. I, I think, like, Jorah and... Sam and a, a lot of people like we've already expected their deaths to come like seasons earlier. So when they come now, it's like, oh, like the only thing that I wasn't I was really surprised by was uh, Ed and then Ed coming back. Yeah. Uh, OK, so he was the one that, that was most easy to see, I guess. OK, so Mikhail, you just posted the trailer for episode four and you said you think Rachel's in it. So he's alive, then, I guess. I think so. I think at 20 seconds-ish, you can see a distinctly green dragon flying over a boat. Cool. That is green, for sure. Yeah. Which is fine, because I think they need to have some live dragons to basically knock out Cersei, right? So. Well, no shit, because they only have like 15 <laughs> They've got nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> we got Brianna and Jamie. Even I can fight that battle, guys. <laughs> There's no tension. This is what I, I thought at least one of them would die. Like, maybe she'd be left with one wounded dragon. But, I mean, with two dragons, this shouldn't be very hard. Um, yeah. I don't know. I actually thought it'd be better just for them to have one dragon left again. Like, ride it. Like, have a bit of a battle if he's going to ride the one remaining. Oh, you can definitely see right after that scene in the preview for next week, you can see two dragons flying together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. You can definitely see it. I didn't I didn't watch the preview yet. All right. Okay. So, meanwhile, back of the crits. Uh, Sansa. Um, I think there's a real parallel here to her at the Battle of the Blackwater. You know, stuck with the women, showing some stoic wisdom and calm. There's a nice little uh, scene between Tyrion. Maybe we should have stayed married. You were the best of them. And it's almost like he makes an overture to him and then is like, you know, slap back um, in the gaze of an uh, unimpressed Missandei. The dead then break in, no shit, because it's the safest place in the castle. And then <laughs> <laughs> we literally get Syrian and Tyr- Sansa and Tyrion backs against the wall. And there's this really lovely scene without dialogue, which it's almost like she recognises him for the first time as being, you know, a decent person. There's a bit of emotion. He kisses her hand. It's really lovely. How do we feel about this back at the crypts 
um, scene where, you know, Tyrion's basically trying to defend Sansa, who has this pathetic little knife, trying to defend the people. Of course, it's all fine because eventually the Night's King is killed and, and they're saved, but a beautiful little emotional beat or do you guys not buy it? Are, are you buying what the writers are trying to sell, which is a moment between Sansa and Tyrion? Okay, I, I feel like in this scene, they should have, once the first crypt, you know, the hand starts coming out. I mean, I thought that there were more people down there that at least had some dragon glass or something. Like, just start stabbing that one and then whack-a-mole. Like, everybody go to a crypt. <laughs> Not that many people down there. They just all, like, stood there, like, while they got overwhelmed, um, which was unfortunate. But I mean, that's what we thought was going to happen, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we know that at least a little girl that was, like, Shireen 2.0 had a piece of dragon glass. Why wasn't she like stabbing things? Did did she do anything? She's I didn't kid. notice it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. She was there like a chump and let She's... other people protect her. <laughs> she was cute in the scene. Did they show her doing anything though? Is what I'm asking. No, they didn't. No, just look I'm being scared. Towering behind the positive, and rightfully so. I would have been doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure too. there's a lot more stuff from the crypts that did not make it into the episode. I'm Who absolutely so? positive. Yeah, because well, I think I mean they've all been talking about how long they were filming everyone, like how long it took, and oh my goodness, yeah, blah blah blah. I see. They didn't want to make just, the episode an hour and thirty eight minutes. Yeah, so I I, I, <laughs> I think there must have been more stuff because really the only interactions we have down there are Sansa, Tyrion, Sansa, Miss Sansa. And Varys in there, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, just like uh, walking around, right? Actually, and don't then even see Sande once they start attacking. How do we Gilly's feel? Okay, saw Gilly at the end, right? She's yeah. okay. How do we feel um, about the idea that Sansa seems every episode to get a potentially emotional beat with a different guy? So last episode is Theon. This episode is <laughs> just keeping their options open. <laughs> do you think there's any play yeah, in this? Play. Maybe <laughs> Mikhail. Like, do game. you think do you think they're setting us up for Tyrion and Sansa to end up together? You know, I my opinion changes with every episode. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Last week, I was like, uh, before the season started, I was like, they're gonna if Sansa survives and Tyrion survives, they're totally gonna end up together because that is just. It seems to me like the type of reward that the show would have for Tyrion. Um, and they would view it as a good thing for Sansa. Um, then after they talked in the first episode, I was like, eh, I guess not. Um, and then last episode, I was like, oh, okay, so maybe her and Theon get a moment. Like, they definitely have a moment, two moments, really. Like, maybe something happens there. Obviously, that's not happening now. Uh, so- yeah, you won't see Theon anymore. Uh, yeah. What does dead may never die? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I don't, I don't know. I do feel like it's very challenging for them. And maybe this is not fair. And maybe this is my extremely slanted perspective and bitterness after eight years of this. But like, Ooh, give it to us. I, I, fe- I know. I feel like it's very difficult for them to have to to imagine Sansa without men in her life because. You know, her primary relationships, um, if you don't count Cersei, have been with men and they haven't been able to shake off the idea that, like, she's got to have some guy, even if it's a guy to, like, verbally beat down, you know, I I think that's the way I kind of see it. And I feel like. You know, her, her conversation with Danny last week was, like, so, so good. And then we almost got there. But it's also, like, the, basically the first time she's had longer than a minute to talk to another female character in a really long time. Since, like, Cersei. 
Maybe her and like uh, Asha will bond over Theon passing, and I feel like Asha's Yara. not Sansa's type. Now I'm definitely projecting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that'll be sad though if we get to see Sansa's reaction. I, I, not to go too far ahead. I'm just. I hope that of from this episode we do get emotions, you know, because otherwise. <laughs> Then, then it really will annoy me because then it really will be like, okay, you just kind of like killed a bunch of characters in the war and then we killed the Night King. Hooray, the end. You yeah, know? I agree. Yeah. I think you can only fully assess this episode when you see how they play out the ramifications in a way. So yeah, maybe, I agree. Maybe my rush to judgment on just this segment can... is unfair and I should wait an episode. I kind of wish we'd lost a more substantial character. Me too. That's one of my main criticisms. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. them to be George and to let more people... I wanted one of so, Brienne and Jamie to die. So, wasn't it great, though, at least seeing uh, Brienne and Jamie like, fighting next to each other and, like, yes. basically, like, almost dying, like, 50 yes. times? So they probably should have died. Everybody almost but died I, 50 I, times I did really, episode. I did really enjoy that. It's like, in the in the early part of the episode, no one can stop, like, even one of them, and then later on, they're all, like, dual-wielding and killing ten at a time. Okay. So then we move to our, sort of, climactic scene in the Godswood. Um, this is, I think, really beautifully written and carries a lot of the emotional weight of the episode. At the start of the episode, you have Bran say to Theon, you know, all the things you did brought you here to die in your home, which I thought was a lovely thing for the Starks finally, or a Stark, to finally acknowledge that Theon is home. The Night's King arrives to moody piano music. Um, The score to this episode is really fascinating. And then Bran finally turns to Theon and says, Theon, you're a good man. Thank you. Which I just broke my heart. I think for me, Alfie yeah. Allen has the best acting beat of the episode in response to that. And then we get the final death of um, the death of Theon, a redeemed Theon, which I found very moving. The Night King is therefore still on the march. Um, we think it might be John who's going to kill him. I think that's been set up not just by the show, but kind of in the books. And then it turns out to be Arya. So, yeah. so much to discuss here. How do you feel about Theon's sure. death? How do you feel about Bran doing or not doing much? And how do you feel about Arya doing the final big kill? The first thing I would say is that uh, Theon, I mean, we gave him shit last week because the whole, like, bedroom eyes or something that was going on with Sansa there just didn't seem earned. It seemed kind of weird. The first scene seemed fine. And then afterwards, like, were they trying to pair her up? That didn't make sense. But otherwise, they've done a really good job with him on the show. And I think he's earned this redemption arc, which I never thought would really happen. Um, And in the books, when I started reading them, I never thought that I'd feel sorry for him. And George did that, too. So, you know, kudos to both of them. And um, Arya, yeah, I guess that was a surprise. Um, They were saying after the episode that they made that decision four years ago that Arya was going to be the one instead of Jon because they liked it. Um, It seemed like they were saying they chose that over George. Like, so I don't know. Good. Mm. No, I, I like that. If if it's really different, I like that. Yeah. Well, they didn't say like what George chose or not. They just sort of like they owned that as like you know everyone expects it to be John, and we decided we didn't want it to be John. We wanted it to be Arya. Um, and does I think that, it does that fuck around with the prince he was promised prophecy? Like, is 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 Azor High specifically meant to kill the Night King or not really? On the show. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost I've lost track of the prophecy portion of the show. Um, they've abandoned so many early threads that I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Oh, so it's not that Arya now has to be Azor Ahai or anything. Well, because like no one forged the Lightbringer. Um, I don't know. Good point, uh, well made. Maybe Gendry forged Lightbringer. 
Goodness. <laughs> salt, smoke. He was, let's see, there was a lot of smoke last episode. There was sweat, so there's salt. Mm, there's one know. bit where they show John sort of momentarily just behind um, a wall to take a pause when he's in this final retreating fighting. And there's the blue ice dragon kind of fire coming at the top of the screen. And then at the bottom of the screen, there's normal fire. And I thought they're really visually showing him to be of ice and fire. And I that was kind of a cool visual moment. I think it's crazy that that yes, dragon like, like that blew too. down a wall and then he couldn't melt this little rock that John's hiding behind. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> I'm going to assume it's because it, it was getting less, it was less uh, con- uh, fuck, it contained because of his throat was shooting it out the sides. Uh, Mikal, what are your thoughts of everything that happened in the God's Word? Oh, um... Yeah, I mean, I think it was a good earned moment for Theon. Another thing I was wrong about, I, I, I definitely was falling along the lines of like closest to danger, farthest from harm, which I think uh, Kevin said last week. Um, I, I, you know, I did just see a tweet that was like, man, Bran knew Arya was going to save him and he still let Theon die. <laughs> which, I mean... <laughs> Hard to argue with that logic, but uh, as established, Bran doesn't really care. Um, yeah, it was it was a fitting way for him to to go. Um, Arya and the you know, uh, I think this is where paying a little too much attention to the show is a detriment because when she dropped, or when you know the Night King took her by the throat and she dropped one the other half of her thing, I was like, oh, but there's two halves of that thing. That's fine. So you know, I, I wasn't actually that surprised in the moment. Um, but it's cool to have, you know, a female character slay the ultimate evil. Because that um, never happened before, Lord of the Rings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So some of the people on the Twitters are getting very irate that Arya hadn't earned um, her killing of the Night King and that Jon had been fighting stuff beyond the wall forever and that he should have been the one to take him out. But yeah, they're saying that John oh has fought those forces forever. So I, I mean, guess to them, I say that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> so I mean, I agree. Arya was not like presaged by the story to to do this. I don't think. Um, I do think it's a little random. But on the other hand, you know, stuff like this sometimes is random. <laughs> like it, great, great battles. Like it's not always as cinematic and literary as you know as as we would hope like you kind of have to take what it is and then make it literary in the aftermath which is what we do with history right so right i'm yeah other other than it's more like oh Arya's the greatest ever which i don't feel personally um but other than that i i yeah i'm satisfied with it and i'm pretty confident that john will have much and more to do going forward i'm not worried about him being busy (laughs) <laughs> Isn't the reaction, I mean, maybe D&D have done this to themselves because most people got into the show and into these books, um, a large part of it has been the subver- the subversion, right? Ned Stark, the hero, dies at the end of season one, things like that. And the last few years, they just kind of, for the most part, have been giving us what they show us. And a lot of more like common fantasy tropes have come in the last couple seasons. Maybe people have gotten used to that. And then suddenly, oh, John doesn't win the battle and it's an outrage. Like, why? I mean, that's sort of what we've been going through through these books and, you know, most of the show. So, I mean, I don't know works works fine you know yeah she had no, I've, got no, I've got no issue with it personally i was just curious to see what your take would be um okie dokie so let me get the post battle scene where mel sandra commits suicide wanders off into the distance which is a bit she like she just dies that's not suicide she just dies it's suicide if you deliberately take off the charm that's keeping you long and young and vital isn't it isn't no, it like it's letting nature take um, its course it's like unplugging from I think a machine she... 
Yeah, I think she knew she didn't have long either way is how I read that, but I, I could be wrong. I wonder if it would stop working. Like if, if the reason that Rolore has allowed her to continue living is because the night. Because she had to tell Arya one thing. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> she had to swords of fire. She needs to kill the Dothraki and, and t- tell Arya about blue eyes. Yeah. Oh, but that, that's a good point, though, because if it just stops working because she's fulfilled her purpose, then it isn't suicide at all. It's just her making a resigned acceptance of it. I really loved it. I didn't particularly like her character in the show, but I really liked the actress, and I thought this was a very noble way. Like, the show gave her a beautiful... Giving her the final scene in this epic, episode is, is really something and I think it was beautifully think... visually shot with her just wondering hmm. and Davos just a because they've got such history together Davos and Melisandre yeah. yeah was Davos like ready to kill her is no. that the whole thing we're thinking like he Mimo, said if she ever came uh, back, he'd kill her. Yeah, but really? he's never killed anyone. Like, he and was. he also talks about like his unprowess in battle and like everything else. And, like, well, I'm pretty sure he can anyone... kill an unarmed woman. What's that? I'm pretty sure he can kill an unarmed woman. Oh, that's like, what makes not, not like thought. mentally, but physically. Uh, Mikal? No, I, I, I actually, I'm torn on that because I think that Davos is grudge against Melisandre. It's not even really a grudge. I mean, she murdered a, a child. Um, like, I, I feel like that gets lost. And so his, his like vow to kill her if she came back to me is, is pretty potent because it's not like a lot of these, a lot of these things are a little bit more petty than that. And this is like, no, you, you literally burned a child alive. Um, and I'm, I'm not okay with that. And I think, and I will act on that. So to me in both scenes, he's oh, very conflicted. Um, wasn't he holding of, his sword as she was walking away? Like the yeah, hilt? I think I think he was kind of like when she came in, he was like, "I want to do this, and I'm not sure it's the right thing to do." And then she kind of diffuses that, and then you know, on the on the on the way out, he's like, "I should do this. I've sworn to do this, but I'm not sure that that's that I don't know what to do." And then right, he just sees her. He's like, "Nope, no, 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 no. You stay away." <laughs> <laughs> How did Davos should... survive this battle, guys? How did he manage? No idea. He, did he even fight? Fans Where service? was he? He has he no real really, purpose. They don't need to smuggle. He was waving him. those things. He he could be an an you know one of those people on the airlines like who who wave the I don't know what they're called the light things. He and Bran compete to be the most pointless people in this episode. I feel. I kind of wish that Melisandre think... had like Arya had gotten like had died and Melisandre had brought her back to life as her last thing. Or something, just because it was so pointless. Oh. She just said, "What? What?" She just like, "Oh, here you go, go get him, champ." Mm. I, I don't know why she needed to be there for that. What? What is the point of Bran now, narratively speaking? I no. don't know, and I really wish he had died. Like, I wish the Night King had like fatally wounded him or something, and Me then too. Arya had killed him. Me too. And I guess maybe they have. Uh, they must have some plan. No, the point of Bran but... is basically like a ancient ice core in antarctica or something it's like it's there it's not necessarily useful he's gonna live in the but it can tell now. you stuff if you look at it closely do you feel that this story in westeros is a bit like lord of the rings insofar as 
the magic came into the world again at the start of this story and at the end of this tale whatever happens at the end of ice and fire song of ice and fire that magic leaves the world so there are no more dragons there's no more three-eyed raven that the newly reconstituted world does not have a wall and it's just the time of men so to say or do you think that bran and dragons and stuff survive the end of this story well there's been magic i mean the three-eyed raven's been around even though there were no Mm. dragons or anything Mm. so the magic was there there was magic in the wall yeah, yeah but does that have to be after this or is this epic confrontation it well i think it, it if you're calling it like the end of the magic then i would think that maybe it would be until the next red comet comes because the comet seemed to you know symbolize or but that was the fire magic it's... like the ice magic was always there well, obviously not, because it's only coming back after, you know, 10,000 years. No, not the ice magic. It's been around. The tree net still existed. Everybody was... Mm. There were yeah, they were just up north, right. just chilling. It was just there wasn't any of the fire magic. That came with the comet. The dragons and, like, all the fire magicians being able to do their shit and the flames in the tower. Right. But aren't there dragons east of Ashai? We've never seen them. Oh, I think the world book says something about that, but... Anyway. Yeah. So now let's turn to the ramifications. So we now turn and go south. Does everyone go south? Does Sansa presumably stays in Winterfell to rebuild and take care of the women and children? But we now go to King's Landing for a huge confrontation. We have not many troops <laughs> and we have There's two plenty dragons. There's to eat now with all those dead bodies. Sorry. Yeah. But like Cersei, presumably Cersei and Euron, I mean, like, is there any tension or suspense whatsoever? They've got two dragons. Or is the tension suspense that he... Danny, John will restrain Danny because they're better people and they won't use the dragons to no. torch King's Landing? Right, how they don't no, destroy the no, whole kingdom. No, they're going to completely torch the Golan Company. Like, how could they not? I think Cersei's prepared for dragons. I she think... has, like, what, two, two of the trebuchets that, or whatever scorpions that she had? I, I think they'll be ready. I'm, I'm sure they'll kill at least one of the dragons. Because they're probably going to show up like, we'll just burn them out. And I bet you one of, at least one of the dragons dies. Won't that feel it's weird, It's going to be Drogon. Because, like, you know, magical ice spear dudes who didn't even do anything in this battle probably could have killed these dragons and didn't. But then Cersei's that, people that's do. That's not Cersei's fault. Well, true. I think the, the, the teaser after the episode made me... It was very interesting because both sides seem way too confident. Um, you know, they're like raising toasts in Winterfell and Daenerys is making speeches. And I'm like, this seems premature. You have no men. Uh, and down south, Cersei seems equally confident and snuggled up with, you know, her, her buddy Euron um, when she has no dragons. So I, I'm curious. I don't know. I, but I actually, I disagree with you, Bina. I think Sansa is going south because I think they're taking everyone south. But also I think that... No, I she think won't. that things. Oh, I think so, but it, because I think that things are not quite done between Sansa and Cersei yet. Um, yeah. I think oh, that, cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, I think I think is Mikhail's Sansa the younger, right, more but... beautiful queen, or is that also not in play in the show? Oh, I don't. It's not in play. It's Was not, it in the prophecy? In I can't remember. I never remember what they cut out from Cersei's prophecy in in the show. Um, given her treatment of Marjorie, it might have been in there. Um, but Danny could also be the younger and more beautiful queen. That's, 
I don't know. It's just, it seems very interesting to me how confident everybody is in the end. And it they also yeah. seem like they're still keeping that Sansa versus Danny thing alive in the in the thing, you know, with, I mean, even the conversation that they have in the crypts, you with know. With Missandei? Yeah. When it's like, oh, that's not really what she was saying, Missandei. She wasn't really saying like, oh, I wish Danny wasn't here. She was more saying like, uh, I, I, you know, you personally couldn't, whatever. Be she loyal, was like Tyrion. telling Tyrion, like, you have a boyfriend. You yeah. can't come on to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm really hoping that it's not, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter what I want. <laughs> they never listen to me. So we've got three episodes left. So presumably yeah. the next episode is kind of like post-battle joy, head south, maybe early confrontation or not even early confrontation. There's going to be two episodes ep- of just people talking. Yeah. And then Second one episode final is big confrontation <laughs> battle. And then third episode is wrap up of the show. Mm, I low think budget, next low budget. episode might be Daenerys just torching King's Landing. Nope, because a dragon's gonna get shot. No, <laughs> I think but that'll be like it'll be more five, more parlay. He'll be like, "Oh, thanks for not helping us." Bye. Hmm. I'm trying to get the lemon cake ratings of the Ice and Firecon people. He just watched Zach Duncan, Casey, and Greg just watched it together. So I'm wondering that they, they did a viewing at Ice and Firecon. The people that were still staying there tonight. Yeah, so I'm, sounds I'm sounds like it just curious finished. how this went down. Yeah, well, they might have had a chance to see it. They to literally physically see it. They're in the middle of a state park with not a lot of, not of artificial lights. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me ask a sort of maybe a wrap up question. At the end of this battle, regardless of what you thought of this episode, are you more or less excited than you were before it to see what goes down in King's Landing? Like, does this set you up? Does this, you know, I feel like this season is in two halves. We have the northern half and now we have the southern wrap-up half. Does this build you up nicely for that or kind of neutral? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, I feel like this this was the finale, and now we've got three episodes of epilogue. We're gonna scour the Shire. Um, Fuck yeah! <laughs> I mean, right. this is this is the problem that we've talked about, you know, before the season in the last couple episodes. Was like, well, so if this if they do this, where they have this one conflict and it's done, then Cersei's like the big bad kind of and. Is that three episodes? Is it more than three episodes if they don't have dragons? I guess they had the, they have the dragons now, so um, it can wrap up. But it, it also doesn't feel challenging because they have the dragons. So I don't know. Maybe she gets some elephants. I, I don't know how an elephant would affect a dragon. She just w- wants them. She seemed to think they were important. Cersei. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she she just has to be mopped up like so much after after effect, right? I mean, she has no real supporters, so that's going to play out really I, nicely. Is there going to be I any grayscale so. follow up? I mean, we did have you know Sam scrape the crap off of uh, Jorah. Is that going to have a payoff or not really? Like, is King's Landing going to be grayscale? Oh, oh, because he's dead. No. Oh, no, hmm. that's done. It's over. We're never going to Old Town again. Ugh, what a waste. Okay. Any final thoughts on this episode? Mikhail, do you think that you're, you're really, you, you write, you know, like you are in touch with or speak to the fans. Do you think this is going to satisfy fan expectations or do you think the reaction is going to be a little bit? Mm. I don't know. I've seen, I mean, just from my Twitter, I've seen like a big variety. Um, we were all over the place. Yeah, I think, I think reactions were very split on this, which is, I don't know, I Surprising. guess. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, like it's not. It, I don't know. It's just an odd 
all of it is odd, right? Like Hard Home, much as I'm not like personally a huge fan of Hard Home, everybody else loves Hard Home. I'm the only one. So like it's, you know, it, and this is not that, you know, this is definitely not getting that, that type of reaction. I could see um, Hard Home. That too. Right. <laughs> Um, oh. I have been, I have seen a couple of tweets of people being like, you know, like, oh, I would have had to turn so, off all the lights in Chicago to see this. <laughs> here's a, here's a better question, I guess. If this episode was episode six and whatever Cersei stuff was already dealt with, would that change how we look at it? Cause a lot of, for me personally, I know a lot of it is that I feel like this is not really a great setup the way they've done it. Um, like either this deserved a little more time, or like Cer- it's like Cersei's getting too much time. Honestly, I don't know if it did deserve more time. With the way the others have been treated, even in the books, they're kind of like a side story that you think is gonna like pay off in this big way. Like they're the real problem; it's everything else doesn't matter. And this kind of mm, was just like, oh not. no, no, they were just a side quest. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I think it, it's mm. really telling that. We had basically discussed this episode in about 40 minutes of discussion. And I thought this was going to be a super long episode with so much to discuss. So, But maybe that's the case when it's just one single battle. I mean, it's just all plot. There's less character to discuss. So maybe that makes sense. Um, I just got the, store, the scores in from our Ice and Firecon brethren. So Casey gives this 4.5 lemon cakes. Greg gives it 4.75 lemon cakes. Uh, Duncan, three lemon cakes. And Zach, 1.5 lemon cakes. That is exactly what I thought would happen. And again, like that hugely wide range, right? And Greg then adds, stupidest battle plan ever, but a ton of fun. Catapults as the front line of defense. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Um, I guess my, my biggest disappointment was the lack of the use of the others. They just didn't do anything. Yeah, I have no idea what those other what those other White Walker guys were there for. Right? Why line them up? Just Why like even have them walk in? They ignored the dragons and didn't throw spears. They could have taken out maybe Brienne or Jamie or somebody like epically. You mean the right? people who had Valyrian steel swords? Right. That could have actually ended them. Like that would have been a good fight. So any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah. okay. I am baffled that Cersei is the, the final boss, um, evidently. They've been I, building I, to that, though. She's one of the highest paid actresses, huge fan, yes. baddie favorite. No? I, I, she doesn't seem... Like, I, I, I disagree with Brett. Like, I think that, you know, for me, it works to have the whole point be like, oh, this supernatural threat or this ethereal threat as opposed to, you know, the, like... The evil queen down the road right. you know the game of thrones shouldn't matter that's the whole i thought that was the whole point of the books but yeah it's the, yeah, i really highly doubt that this is what's gonna happen in the books i, I don't even really think really really, really 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 <laughs> doubt that um i just yeah i don't know it, it 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 feels again to me like they keep weighing the scales in cersei's direction you know like you're on swooped in and wiped out half of danny's army last year and like then they were on an <laughs> even playing field and yeah. Right. Well, Hello. Last year, we thought the Lannisters might be done. Hello, Casey. Hello. Hi. Oh, hey. I'm with three Brett. other people. Hello. Hmm. 
So, guys, so listeners, we've just we've just brought in the vassals of Kingsgrave who were at Ice and Firecon, or some of them. So we've got Grace Casey's at. Is this an actual podcast, or is this just a discussion? No, this is the actual podcast. I thought they were. Brett. Yeah, well, Duncan was saying some very brilliant things in his Duncan accent. Greg, shut up. Duncan talk. No, I have nothing to say. I'm just in. I'm just in shock. Me and Zach are like reevaluating our lives. We don't know what's happening. Zach is not in a position to talk at the moment. Wow. <laughs> is he like Magic hunched over cow. in the corner? <laughs> He's in deep in thought. We, we're all inconsolable. We don't know what's happening. That no, was not Duncan. any of our reactions. Answer this. Is Sam alive? Yeah, I don't know. We, we, we're not sure how this is going to play out in the books or... Oh, I do. It's not. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> not like this. Cersei is the final boss? Absolutely not. Could I be any more emphatic about this? <laughs> but Duncan, I don't think you should be having existential angst over what happened in the show reflecting on the book. I think they're so separate now. Oh, no, no, no. I'm David just, and Dan have explicitly sell, said that, you know, John should kill the Night King, but we just made it Arya to fuck around. So I, I just yeah. think, yeah, just move, move on. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking, but it's just like, even within the context of the show, it just seems really weird. Like the big bad that's been presented the entire series. I mean, the poster of season eight is the Night King on a throne. Um, and I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about the episode. I feel like the action was incomprehensible at times mm-hmm. and really weird. But the actual final, the final 20, 15, 20 minutes is like so much carnage. You almost come nauseous. Like it's really effective. At, like there's an emotional punch to it. And then the final, you know, reversal of fortune on the Night's King. But it renders so much like nothing is what was the purpose of the night king who was he what was his motivation what was we don't know nothing and even if we learn it it no longer matters like so much of the story seems yeah (laughs) (laughs) on the show anyway yeah i mean yeah i don't know Sorry, this is, we haven't, we're still processing. We just okay. finished like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, we, we, start, we got back like an hour late, so we just finished it like a couple of minutes ago. Okay, well, we'll um, leave you to your emotional uh, turmoil. Do, do you have any thoughts? Here's Zach. Do you have any thoughts, Zach? Uh, well, I'll just add, I mean, I'm, I'm with Duncan and being and just being un, unmoved and, and shaken a little bit by this happening. And I, I appreciate your guys' confidence that this will not reflect what happens uh, in the books. But I, I'm, I'm just a little concerned by by the way that this all happened it's it's kind of mind-blowing to me and i I don't know what to think about it you sound so sad it's gonna be okay greg give that man a hug it's gonna it's gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad we brought in like intelligent duncan just for that cheesy line um okay guys <laughs> we'll say goodbye thanks for dialing it I, I look forward to hearing your proper thoughts on the episode when you've had time to collect yourselves bye right, thanks guys bye. bye bye okay sorry mikhail were you still doing sort of wrap-up comments before uh we got our little best of... oh i don't remember I, I, far gone. yeah it's just um, so can't um, be the final boss she can't be <laughs> i think i genuinely feel it makes sense in the show i think it makes sense in the fandom how popular cersei is as the anti-hero i feel I mean, this is what D and B have been pumping her up and pumping her up so I actually don't hate it. Um, I think it's okay. Whereas I, I think I f- they've been pumping her up, but we just don't. Be- we didn't believe them. That's because yeah. you're a, sh- a book first guy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's maybe on us. I think yeah, it's no, genuinely that, on us. That's definitely an option. Um, I feel like this has happened before. I don't recall when, but I I feel I I recall this feeling <laughs> from like <laughs> oh they made this clear, but I didn't believe them because of the books. Uh, yeah. Well, th- this is what I've been saying like all season. It's like they just keep telling us what's happening, and then it happens, and we're surprised, 
and I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but we I don't know. They're not really playing too many tricks other than the Arya thing, which was, you know, a good trick. Indeed. I'm just disappointed that my theory that the Night's King is going to resurrect Cersei's miscarriage and it's going to alien out of her belly. Oh, and right, I, miss her. <laughs> I wanted hey, it so much. Don't give up. <sighs> oh, White Raven, you are unique. Okay, boys and girls, I think on the alien zombie resurrected miscarriage comment, that seems like a good place to call, close out this show, because I'm not sure we can come up with anything more gonzo than that, unless anyone else has a burning that comment. That is not gonzo. That that fulfills all the prophecy. Sorry, does anyone else have a burning comment they want to make? Theon could have like tried to trip him or something. Come on, man. You weren't dead yet. <laughs> I Throw thought a leg that Theon, you gotta zig. I, I thought he was like reaching for a weapon. He, he actually might have th- like, stabbed the guy. But, In the no. ankle. <laughs> I will say it's it's a little sad to me that Melisandre is kind of the only one who gets to go out on her own terms, but I think she's sad. Lyanna, kind of. Yeah, kind of Lyanna. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Did Tormund live? We don't know. I don't know. He's like Grey Worm. Probably. Probably. Hmm. How is it all of our heroes were on the front line and they all lived? Hero armor. Chicken shits. Yeah. Running it, away. It's, it's just not. It's just not the way George writes, but it's the way the show is. They keep um, popular people alive, e.g., Davos, for no reason, and that's why Cersei ends up as the big bad because she's a popular anti-hero. So, it is what it is. As we roll into the last three episodes of Game of Thrones. Thank you all for listening. This has been Rebel Scumcast, a, a one-off immediate reaction podcast. Thank you to Katie, who sadly had to leave early, to Mikal, Matt, Brett, and Adam. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Bina. Bye. And thank you also to our friends from Rice and Fires Con for dialing in. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, um, all the other places by Googling Voc Podcast or Vassals of Kingsgrave. And once again, you can join us on the forums of a podcast of Ice and Fire if you want to talk about the episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.